The views expressed by guests on this podcast are the opinions of the speakers and not PCCA. This podcast is intended to be educational and informative. PCCA does not endorse or advocate any practice that is not consistent with federal and state laws or regulations. Check with your local board of pharmacy about any issues in your particular jurisdiction. Welcome to the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning pharmacy. Hello, compounding world. Welcome to the Mortar and Pestle production Tech Talk. We're so excited that you've joined us again, and uh, I'm really excited for this podcast episode because I am joined by Megan Reed, one of my not only uh, colleagues, but I'm very, very honored to call her a friend too, and she is a rock star pharmacy technician. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Meg. Thank you, Erin. I'm excited to be here and just talk to you today about, you know, the different aspects of compounding, pharmacy technicians, opportunities, all that stuff. So I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. And and uh, this has been so exciting that we've been able to kind of branch out the Mortar and Pestle podcast and now have this separate production dedicated to pharmacy technicians. And um, it's going to be really exciting for our listeners today to to hear kind of your journey and background and be able to see some of the opportunities that are available for pharmacy technicians out there. So for those of you that don't know Meg, she uh, is the program lead for pharmacy for PCAB and ACHC. So that's our accreditation body. They are the ones that uh, basically come and look at us as compounders and make sure we're following all of our processes. Uh, she's been with them for over five years now, but has been a certified pharmacy technician since 2007. So she's got some great uh, background and history um, I'm most excited that um, ACHC went through a little bit of leadership change, and during that change, she was actually appointed as the interim um, head of ACHC. And for a pharmacy technician, how cool is that? That's kind of awesome, Meg. Thank you. Yeah, it was a really great opportunity, and I'm really passionate about our programs, especially um, PCAB. But to be over both PCAB and pharmacy during that time, um, it was about a seven-month period. It really opened my eyes as to just different things that we could do to make our programs better and to help, you know, compounders especially and really listen to what people need just as our customers and also as people that we collaborate with. It was just, it was really eye-opening and I love the experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And I'm I'm just so proud of uh, you and, and just all of our fellow technicians that really continue to take our profession to the next level. So it's pretty awesome. Thank you. So let's, uh, let's get started with just a little bit about uh, yourself, Meg, a little bit about your journey as a pharmacy technician. How'd you get into this world? So it's really funny. I got into pharmacy probably eight years after I graduated high school I didn't know what I wanted to do so I kind of took some college courses nothing really stuck with me so I was a assistant manager at a retail store um, selling home goods and wine and gourmet food and stuff like that and then one day I was like I'm sick of working holidays I'm sick of working you know crazy little did I know that sometimes pharmacy Technicians do work holidays right. and things like that, but I just wanted something more. So I went to my manager. I said, Hey, there's this pharmacy technician program. I want to go. It's night classes. You know, are you cool with that? And he was 
very accommodating. So I would work from eight to four and then I would go to pharmacy tech school from five to 11. Wow. And I did that for a whole year. Um, and then after that, I did an internship um, at Chaz, which is in downtown Detroit. So I'm originally from Michigan. I now I'm in North Carolina to be at ECHC, but um, then I did that and I did well there. And that pharmacist actually was key in me getting my first compounding job. So I did the best I could, worked as hard as I could. It was a really eye-opening experience. It really did solidify me wanting to help people. And the reason why I got into pharmacy is because I wanted to help people, but I didn't want to deal with the blood and <laughs> all that stuff, you know, yeah. kind of like what we all do. Yeah. Like, let's do pharmacy. Let's, you know, I hadn't, I had only had minimal experience with compounding, but it sounded interesting. The hours sounded great Monday through Friday, right. weekends off, like amazing. So um, I went and interviewed and they were like, okay, like, let's do this. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I was really happy. Um, so I worked at health dimensions in Michigan. That was my yeah. first job. And then, um, after that kind of my sister, I moved to North Carolina. So I wanted to move down here to be with her. So I left and then I got a job at triangle farm, farm yeah. triangle compounding pharmacy. And I worked there. So I did sterile, non-sterile compounding. So it kind of furthered my journey because I learned about non-sterile compounding previously I'd only done sterile and then from there um I kind of just bounced around a little bit did some hospital things so that was eye-opening totally different experience um but a good one I think it really helped me especially um just getting more of that cost that customer interaction that face-to-face -face with patients we had, you know, I'd previously talked to patients on the phone and, um, you know, kind of after that, I was like, okay, I got to get back into compounding. Right, right. So went back to Triangle, they rehired me and worked there for six months. And then um, John Pritchett actually had put out an ad for a pharmacy technician to work at ACHC and PCAB. And I was like, no way. Okay. You know, and I felt like I'm at the criteria and I interviewed and then he was taking me around the building that same day. And I'm like, okay, I think this means I might like have gotten the job, but I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, then I came on with him and it's kind of history after that. Um, it is amazing to me that I did get this opportunity and I don't take it for granted. Um, I've also, um, we've just recently hired a technician to be on my team. So I really take it seriously, like as far as giving other technicians opportunities, right. I think it's super important. Right. Um, and just to, you know, now just being able to like speak with you and speak with others and just advocate for the profession, it has meant so much to me. Yeah. That's awesome. Because I know I'm lucky, you know, to be where I am now. I don't take it for granted at all. And if I can impart advice or help somebody I I'm always here you know I tell people all the time if you have questions please like come talk to me right. message me I'm on LinkedIn like leave a message on my work phone like yeah. something you know what I mean it's like I always want to be a resource for people oh, that's awesome I love the 
the pay it forward and kind of, you know, giving it back to our profession. Mm -hmm. So we have very similar stories. You work for some great compounders. Health Dimensions is great. I, Triangle. I know. You know. They both are. Danny yeah. and Scott are amazing. Um, you know, they've always been so great to me, and I've been so appreciative yeah. of that. Yeah, some good mentors for sure. And then to have the opportunity to work under John Pritchett, too. Definitely legends oh, yeah. in our industry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, any of our listeners probably have heard some of those those names and stuff. So um, I know we use some acronyms. Our world is all about acronyms. So yes. PCAB, ACHC. Why don't uh -huh. you tell us a little bit, you know, just about that organization, its mission, its focus, sure. you know, what's the purpose yeah. of them? So ACHC has been, so it's the Accreditation Commission for Healthcare, say that five times. <laughs> um, has been around for over 35 years. So we started as um, just seeing that, especially um, in the home health space, that accreditation was needed. People needed right. guidance and yep. how to do things correctly. Um, and then after that, they've added more programs. So pharmacy infusion. Um, and then in 2014, 20, like 2014 to 2016, they went about acquiring PCAB, um, which is the pharmacy compounding accreditation board, yeah. which was originally started um, back in I believe 2008. So, um, so, and that was started by Joe Caballero, who right. he actually owned Triangle. Triangle. Yep. <laughs> so I worked for him for a little bit before yep. he moved on to um, PCAB. So they were a great organization. Um, I think it just came to a point where it was so popular that they needed help. So we kind of acquired them um, and we kept the name for brand recognition. Right. And then, um, so from there, you know, it's kind of taken off. We have, I believe, over 850 accredited locations. So that's exciting um, and grow every day. Um, yeah, so like the main, I would say the main mission for us is we want to deliver the best possible experience and partner with organizations and healthcare professionals that want accreditation and other kinds of services. So we want to be the preferred choice for people. Um, and then we also want to, you know, inspire the providers, the employees and communities that we serve. We want to be sure that um, we do have successful collaborations with people. We're flexible without com compromising our quality. Um, you know, personally accountable for providing the best possible experience for people. We're ethical in everything that we do. And we want to make sure that the work environment where diversity is celebrated and inclusion is non-negotiable. So that's kind of like how we are. Um, and then we're performance-based organization in our approach to achievement of goals. So all of those things together, when we go on site and we come into your pharmacy, we're not there just to say, okay, you did this wrong. You did this. Right. I mean, we right. all have heard about different yeah, yeah. awful experiences <laughs> we've had with other organizations, me, myself included. Yeah. Um, we want to be there to collaborate with people, to give them advice, to educate people, to make sure that at the very end, we're just worried about patient outcomes. Yeah. The best thing we can do to service our patients, the right way to do things 
there are ways to meet things. There are several different ways to meet things. And we kind of, every time our surveyor like goes on site, they want to make sure that what, what they say to our customers is ensuring that they are able to do it. We're not going to tell somebody that they have to do all these things and spend all this money. Like that's not where, what we're about. Right. Or about them just making a quality product or delivering a quality service. Yeah. And from my understanding, the inspectors, it's it's their peers, right? These are actually compounding pharmacists or compound compa- people pharmacists. with with compounding yeah. experience, you know, that yeah. actually can walk in and know what we're doing, which I think is just awesome. You know, I yeah. think oftentimes we've had other, whether it's accrediting bodies or um, you know, even state board inspections or stuff, but so, to have somebody that's actually your peer and actually understands, you know, what you do on a day-to-day basis. I think that's pretty cool to have that real life experience. Yeah. Currently, um, most of our surveyors have 10 or more years experience in compounding. So, I mean, that's huge because I believe there have been things, people that have had not great experiences with people that weren't pharmacists that came and inspected their pharmacy. And I'm sure that wasn't fun. So we want to make sure that the people that they're talking to are relatable and that they just provide a good experience, you know, because that's just so like the whole process. Like when you think about, oh, somebody's going to come in and, and survey us. Well, what is that going to be like? Right. We just want to make people feel at ease about it and it be more of a conversation and, you know, educational instead mm-hmm. of, oh my gosh, somebody's here and they're going right. to find all these things. So right. that's what I love the most about this organization is the fact that we, we are always trying to help people. Yeah. Definitely have that education piece for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with PCAB or even ACHC, um, you know, this is a, it's a huge marketing opportunity when someone goes and, and takes, uh, the time to get PCAB accredited. Sure. Uh, you know, this is something they can use when they're talking to practitioners, um, and even patients it's, you know, it is something that is, it's not mandatory, it's voluntary. And so when you have the opportunity to tell your patients like, Hey, we've gone above and beyond to do this extra accreditation and to have extra eyes on us and to view our processes to make sure that we're continuing to produce that quality product for you. So it, it's a great marketing opportunity. And, and uh, I know a lot of our, our pharmacies that are PCAB accredited, you know, use it in that realm as well. So uh, practitioners understand it, especially because they're familiar like with JCO accreditation in the hospital system and stuff like that. So right. um, definitely an opportunity there. Um, so, you know, just, I'd love to touch a little bit on just, you know, your journey. And obviously you're doing something that's very uh, non-traditional right now for a pharmacy right. technician, uh, you know, as, as I have been in different roles too. And, and, you know, a lot of the technicians that, that were, have brought on to Tech Talk and are going to continue to to bring on, that's really what I'm hoping to highlight is that being a pharmacy technician is not just counting by fives, you know, it's, it's so much more oh. and there's so many more opportunities for us. And so, you know, just in your time as being a, a certified tech since 2007, you've served the community, you've served the hospital space, you're in, you know, accreditation now. Like, what are your thoughts on just the evolution for the future? Where where do you see even more opportunities for technicians? I think, you know, as you and I know, opportunities tend to present themselves, but also we also seek out those opportunities. I think sometimes it's scary for people to do something different. Like I thought me not being in a clean room for eight hours a day, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It's, 
it scared me because I was like, okay, I'm going on to do something totally different. Yes, I'm going to affect, you know, patient outcomes in a different way. I'm going to help technicians and, you know, the compliance people in different ways. So that I think that's the first step is getting over being scared and just doing it anyway. That's what they always say. Just right. do it anyway. Yep. yep. Scared. You'll learn along the way. I think it's especially with I would say the evolution of pharmacy. I mean, we've seen so many changes in USP over the years, you know, from its first implementation to now the newest version. I think there'll be new technology coming out. We've seen things with robotics. We've seen, um, you know, all the different, you know, changes, uh, hazardous drug handling. That's a huge, right. huge area that I think a lot of technicians can become experts in right. and lead, lead the charge for that because we're going to be the, not me, but technicians in general are going to be the ones doing it. Right. So I think... I think just being, if you can be a subject matter expert, especially in compounding, it'll take you a long way and go for the compliance job, go for the lead tech, go for the manager, go for whatever it is that you feel inside. Like you're like, that excites me. I think that people should just go for it. Like for me, it, it was scary, but I think you just have to believe in yourself and know that like there's people like us cheering you on like whatever you feel like I've seen people who are technicians own pharmacies which is amazing um I've seen people go to big you know bigger organizations and be the compliance person um be somebody that writes SOPs and BNBs are you good at writing yeah like there are publications all over the place too that are always looking for people to author things and people may not know about those opportunities. It's not just pharmacists anymore. I feel like now I'm like, oh, you see us. Right. You know, like, <laughs> like we're out here. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I feel like there's so many ways that we can showcase who we are. We just need to find them. Yeah. So I think it, you know, kind of becoming parts of organizations, becoming involved. There's so many organizations now that offer technician membership that they, you can join. And, you know, if the more you want to get involved, the more people will see you. And I think it will open up more opportunities. And for me, like everything that I did was sort of intentional. I knew I always wanted more or something different and not saying that what, you know, working and a compounding pharmacy is huge. Like you are affecting so many lives to know that somebody who could not get help for a condition or a disease, but they came to a compounding pharmacy and they can actually function now. Right. Like, and to know that you affected that is amazing. Like, and that's what I would say about compounding that it is such a niche thing. And the fact that we have thousands of technicians that are doing this every day um just says a lot as to who these people are and what the things that they can accomplish if they just put their mind to it I think I think it's just great I agree you know I, I think back to some of my patient stories when I was in the pharmacy too and you probably have just as many as I do you know getting the call from the mom and their their autistic child hadn't spoken in years and now all of a sudden 
you know, their son looks at them and says, I love you. Like I still get goosebumps just thinking about those stories or, you know, being able to help that, that hospice patient in their last days and, you know, actually having the family come back and say, thank you for allowing us to have, you know, two more days with our dad or something like that. Mm So there is, there's so much, um, just professional and personal reward that comes along with the, with the work that we do in compounding. Uh, I want to touch on, excuse me, one of the, the positions that you talked about, especially with USP. And I Mm -hmm. think, um, a huge opportunity right now for technicians to kind of, uh, dip their toe in the water and, you know, take their career to the next level. And that's with the identification of that designated person. You know, Mm -hmm. that is such a great opportunity right now for a tech to say, this is what I want to do. I want to be that designated person. I want to make sure that we're compliant. Like you said, I want to make sure that our SOPs or our policies and procedures are in place. Um, so, you know, if you haven't looked into that yet, if you're not familiar with the opportunities that come along with having that designated person in the pharmacy, uh, definitely one of those things to look into because come November, you know, all compounding right. pharmacies are going to have to have that designated person. So this is a great career path or, you know, ladder stepping stone for you, uh, in the pharmacy. So definitely, you know, look into that for all of our technicians that are out there working in the marketplace. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of pharmacies are thinking like, oh, well, our designated person, I'll just be the pig right? or what I, and not, I'm not negating that at all, yep. but what I'm saying is the pig already has so much to exactly. do with responsibility. <laughs> I would think that you would want somebody who's actually working right. and it working back in the lab, working back in the clean room, your hazardous areas, you know, all of those things, you would want your point person to be in the lab yep. doing it. It is a great opportunity. You're going to have it in the non-sterile, the sterile, the hazardous, and then also um, the radio pharmaceutical space. Right. So if you're, you know, one of those specialized areas, this is great. Yeah. Like it's, it's really is an opportunity to show them your knowledge and show them what you can do. And then the more knowledge, the more experience, the more things that you do, the more SOPs you write, more PMPs, um, just that, that compliance piece is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's a, it's a good opportunity and a, a good, uh, like I said, stepping stone and career path for us right now. So I'm super excited about what that looks like. So you, you touched a little bit about, uh, association work, advocacy, um, and even, you know, ongoing education. Let's, let's touch on, I want to kind of unpack a little of, you know, these things separately. Let's talk about just continuing education. Um, obviously our world changes so fast. Uh, what we were doing, you know, even just six months ago is different than what we're doing today. And like I said, even with USP coming into effect in November, um, just in the role of pharmacy period, like what's Mm -hmm. what are your favorite places to get continuing education? How do you stay up to date on what's going on in the world? I mean, there's so many publications out there that I'm not saying you get CEs for free, but just being updated. I mean, Obviously, you and I are both a part of um, APC. Right. So, you know, just being a part of that organization has been huge. It's been huge for technicians, especially being recognized um, and actually being able to be fellows now, which is right. amazing. It is. Um, it is. <laughs> um, I think 
PPP mag is huge. Like if you want to know more about, um, that's a publication that I subscribe to. Um, being, I'm PCCA blog is huge. Yep. I love it. Um, I tell people all the time, if you have questions, um, about compounding, go there because you guys have some of the best professionals, I think in the industry. Um, there are like so many others that I'm trying to like off the top of my head, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I know we have ACHCU like at um, ACHC that has like some like publications, but there we do have free like webinars and things like that. But also, um, you know, there's some paid CE programs. Yeah. We uh, I'm trying to think of like, I think in general, if if you can just go down and see like Pharmacy Times, mm-hmm. I've I've written for them before. That was a great experience. Um, they do have op- options for technicians. I'm trying to think of who else out there. I think it's two. The best thing is if you can go to conferences, right. if you can go to PCCA, if you can go to APC. Um, and I think part of that is, I will say, is money. Like, I understand that. Like, not everybody can afford to go. But if you can get your whoever is in charge, like your owner to sponsor you to right. go. Yep. I think you should take that opportunity. Um, I think it's great for both parties involved because if your owner sends you, you can come back and say, Oh, I learned all this great stuff. And you know, all these things, all these live, live CEs, like think just to get to experience it one time, I think would be great for somebody. And then hopefully you can continue to go back and maybe that's something that you invest in for your future and your development, like just going to all of these different conferences. I mean, there's so many, um, and they're probably a lot of them are in people's backyards and they don't even know it. So, um, you know, you have like PCCA has their international every year. Uh, APC has different things. Um, Medisca, um, I'm trying to think ASHP, like there's so many ACA. Um, there's so many that you can go to that you don't even realize is, you know, right down the road. Like I went to one close to me, it was in Raleigh and I didn't even know. And I'm like, Oh, it's only like 40 minutes. Right. Okay. I can drive and, and go for the day and hang out and go home. I think, I think there's different ways um, that you can get somewhere and get to education Um, I think, I do think that there needs to be more compounding related CEs and things like that available for people. I don't know how, I guess I'm kind of saying it out to the world now, like (laughs) we create some more compounding focus, like stuff for people that's accessible. Cause I think when you go from, if you think about just I mean, I'm not trying to make this about money, but what some technicians make, sometimes they can't afford $100 right. or they can't even afford $50. Yeah. So I think we need we need more stuff in, in that realm. And I think, you know, we're working really hard towards that, like you and I right. with APC. But, you know, I think that's something to think about, you know, just in the future. Yeah, I know uh, NPTA does it, the National Technician 
National right. Pharmacy Technician Association. They do a great job with some uh, free education too. Um, they just had their their uh, online conference that uh, happened, and they did something a little bit different this year too. Uh, they broke it down by specialty area, so they had like a community pharmacy day, That's they had awesome. a, a health system pharmacy day. Okay, so that was kind of awesome, and it's um, most of the time, it, you know, a lot of their educational pieces are free too. Um, so I definitely love that. I want to touch on the the podcast, or I'm not not sorry, the podcast, the <laughs> blog that you mentioned. That's mm-hmm. open to anyone, just like this right. podcast is open to anyone. So please, uh, whether you're a PCCA member or not, listening to this, uh, feel free to go check out pccarx.com, and you can click on the blog and get subscribed to that. So. Um, you know, as Meg said, there's a lot of industry knowledge we bring on, just like on the podcast, we bring on industry experts to write uh, for the blog. And so you can stay up to date and that's a free educational piece for you. So I just wanted to mention, you do not have to be a PCCA member, just like uh, the Mortar and Pestle podcast. So that's available to everyone. Yeah. Um, so uh, you mentioned this and, and uh, you know, going to the live events and and I, I think the you know, the networking piece and the being able to be face to face with people. How do you think, you know, collaborating with others and networking with others, how do you think that that has advanced your career and and what advice would you give to technicians as far as networking? I think it's important to reach out to people who are experts in the industry. I think it always creates more opportunity. So even you know, I'm, I wouldn't say like, I'm necessarily like the most extroverted person, but I know that every single person that I talk to that those conversations are important. So even if you're the person that you'd rather be sitting on your couch, watching Netflix, or whatever, <laughs> um, I think it's important when you do get these opportunities to talk to as many people as you can. Yeah, I think that it helps open up dialogue you never know in your career when a an opportunity presents itself because I feel like it could even be in the elevator it could be you know we've talked about it could be in the restaurant bar in the hotel like those are when you have I think the most meaningful conversations um because everybody is not all buttoned up and right. you know whatever, but those are the conversations where people are like, "Oh, you know about X, Y, Z." Right. I'm looking for somebody that knows about this, yeah. and it it just brings about different ways, I guess, more organically. Like if someone doesn't know you, you can put your face right in front of them and say, "Hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm a subject matter expert in," and kind of work that in there. And I think it does present for more opportunities when people think like, oh, I need to hire a really good technician or um, compliance person, or I want that person to write an article or do a webinar. Like those are huge now, right? especially after COVID. Um, people will approach you and say, hey, I just from talking to you, I know you know a lot about USP 800. Do you think you could do a webinar for us? Like those are huge opportunities. I think that people aren't really tapping into right. and what people are really looking for. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing. I do too. Just keeping yourself out there in front of people. You never know what opportunity is going to present itself. I know when I 
when I left my pharmacies that, you know, I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> I was like, right. I just knew I wasn't going to be at the pharmacy anymore. And right. I actually had plans to take about a six month hiatus. And little did I know within three weeks I was working at PCCA. So, and that was all <laughs> yeah. about the the networking that I had done, you know, when I would come yeah. to events. So once people learned that, that I was available, I had multiple interviews and again, I was planning on going vac on vacation for a while, but that didn't happen. And I don't regret it at all. I, I wouldn't, oh. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but, uh, you know, I think we create our own destiny and taking advantage of those opportunities, um, to, you know, network with other like-minded people definitely helps you kind of fill your pocket with some future opportunities in case you need those. For sure. So, so I want to talk, um, uh, now and kind of wrap up our conversation with something that I think is, I, I know I'm not going to say, I think I know is near and dear to both of our hearts and that's, that's advocacy and protecting our profession. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, obviously you and I work very, uh, hard and diligently with the Alliance for Pharmacy compounding APC that we've mentioned a couple of times here. Um, but just kind of tell us a little bit, you know, what does advocacy mean to you? You know, what are you doing to help kind of protect patient access to compounded medications and, and even just, um, you know, the, uh, the opportunities for technicians to be a part of advocacy? What does that look like for you? Sure. I think it's important, um, you know, if, if people can't go to things like, you know, APCs, compounders on Capitol Hill, if you can't go there and advocate for the profession, you can definitely do it locally. Right. I think that becoming a part of, you know, um, any of the organizations, a lot of states, it could be a pharmacist organization, but if you go to their website, normally they'll have a technician, um, you know, membership that you can join. And I think it's important at the state level too, right. to go and, talk to them and even reach out. I mean, here's the thing. Our senators, all those Congress people, like everybody who's either in the House or the Senate, if they represent your state, they work for you. Yes, they so do. You should be able <laughs> yes, they I'm do. Saying, yeah. Like you should be able to send them an email, send them, I don't know if anybody writes letters anymore. I try to, but you yeah. know, um, find out who your representatives are send them a letter, let them know, like, this is what's going on. And I think it's important, you know, to also, if you know, providers, or patients that you're working with, make them aware, yeah. let them know that people are coming after compounded hormones, or that they're trying to stop us from compounding certain medications because that's going to affect their quality of life. Right. I think it's just important in general to understand because I don't think everybody is as aware about what's going on. Um, I think it's important for, you know, owners, for um, of pharmacies, for technicians, for everybody to kind of come together because we don't want this to heavily affect our industry to the point where this isn't going to be an industry anymore. Right. Like that would be horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, just like in general, I feel like it's so needed, um, you know, and not everybody, you know, sees compounding as 
um something that's needed but we know otherwise right we like before like we discussed earlier we've talked with patients yep. we know what they need we know what traditional you know pharmacy and things like that have not helped these people with and they become like family right. you don't want those people to be affected you know for the rest of their lives because someone decided that this wasn't going to happen anymore. So I think that for us to keep our jobs in our industry, it's important for us to advocate not only for our profession, but for our patients. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, I tell people all the time, it's our duty to not only protect the profession, but to make sure that we can, can control that narrative too. We need to tell our story and, and make sure that people understand what's what's real and what's really happening in our profession. And like you said, all of the patients that we serve. So I have no problem making sure that those congressmen know that they work <laughs> for me. So, uh, no, I mean, I think, you know, the the letters, the templates, I, I forward them yep. to any time I, I get, any chance I get. Because I also think, you know, people don't understand... And, you know, maybe this is what how how hormones affect the quality of life, especially for women. And yep. if we take that away, there's going to be a lot of very unhappy people. <laughs> yes. Male and female. So, the, the husbands are going to be, yeah, the husbands are going to be like, give me my wife back. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, um, things like testosterone aren't right. important yeah, yeah. men as well, like, obviously. But I'm just saying, like... Yeah. If this is a way for people to have a good quality of life, it's something that they need and that's yeah. it. Yeah. And I loved your, your thought process of, of even starting at the state level. Um, that's how I dipped my toe in the water, you know, back in the, the mid nineties was getting involved with our state pharmacy association. And so doing some legislative days there and even just going to our capital in California and being able to tell our story, you know, it's pretty cool when you you get to the point with your, your representatives that you have their cell phone numbers or, you know, I was, uh, going back to, um, actually PCCA's legislative event. Uh, and we were, I was flying and sure enough, my representative sat next to me on the five hour flight on the plane. And so I had an appointment to go see him, but the funny thing was, I'm like, Hey, Doug, since we're right here for five hours, can I just tell you my story right now? <laughs> so, and he's, he's That's amazing. Yeah. He's always so welcoming too. And, um, you know, I have a long, a long relationship with him, uh, but it's, it's funny when you get to build those types of relationships with your legislators, you become who they rely on. You know, when there is a pharmacy issue, you're the first person that comes to their mind and they're like, Hey, you know, Aaron, tell me about what's going on here and what do I need to be prepared with? That's the fun part is when it gets to that type of relationship. So, and they're just regular people, you know, they're just regular people just like us. So I think that's the thing is like, they have so many things thrown at them that, like you said, if there's one narrative over here, that's negative. They need to hear that positive narrative. They need to know that what we're doing, how we're helping people, like all of those things. And they're not going to know that, right? you know, there's always two sides to every story. Yeah. So I think it's it's really good to just get out there, be proud of what you do, tell people about what you do. Don't just say, oh, 
Don't ever say what do we always say? Don't ever say I'm just a pharmacy technician. Especially around us. You will it is not a good thing. No, <laughs> so. You're a pharmacy technician right. and you are a professional. Like yeah. this is a profession. Yes. And I think that, you know, I applaud you even like for this podcast is amazing because it helps back people up. Yeah. Like this is this is you. Like you're amazing. Yeah. You're you're making like especially in compounding you are making drugs for people like compounded preparation. You are making this, especially yeah. for someone right. like that's huge. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's magical. I, I'm, <laughs> I've never been prouder of, of what we do and the patients we serve and the difference we make. So, and that's you know, amazing. it's pretty cool to be associated with people like you. I thank you for your time and, and sharing your oh, story yeah. with us. Um, any, any parting words or anything for our listeners advice you'd give? I think the only advice that I would give is if you're thinking that you want something more, go out there and find it, find, find your people. You know, if someone's um, being negative about what you want to do, find people that are going to be positive about what yeah. you do. Um, I'm always, you know, an open, I always have an open door policy. If someone's not sure about something, come talk to me. Like, yeah. I know what, we know what it's like. We know what it's like to get out there and put yourself out there and do something different. I think there's definitely um, room out there for your voice. So, you know, just get out there and do the thing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Megan. It's so You're awesome welcome. to to spend some time with you. I know uh, you and I work really closely together. As Megan said, she, you can, she can be found on LinkedIn, Megan Reed, R-E-E-D. So, uh, feel free to connect with her. Of course, you can connect with me as well, Aaron Michael. Um, but thank you so much, Meg, for spending time with us. Uh, always great to see you. Humbled to work alongside you and uh, look forward to the difference that that you continue to make in the profession. Thank you, Aaron. I, thank you for having me. This has been a great experience. Yeah. And I'm just so happy to know you as well. And <laughs> just be a part of, of this great thing. Yeah, it's awesome. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, we look forward to having you on our next Tech Talk episode of Mortar and Pestle production. Have a great day, guys. Bye.